Tanisan and the Germ's Eye View In the waiting room of Dr Yamada's surgery sat an elderly man with an enormous bandage on his head. Directly opposite, hunkered down behind her computer, was the receptionist, who was busily updating patient records. Both were doing their best to ignore the angry voices coming from the consultation room. They could not actually hear what was being said, but it sounded very heated. Then all at once, Tanisan came storming out and slammed the door shut behind her. Cocknobblers, she exclaimed. She then turned to the elderly patient as he sat there gawping at her. You may as well skip the consultation and save yourself 15 minutes of wasted breath that would have been better spent learning Klingon, she said. Then go home and take a couple of pills for that noggin of yours. Better still, stay at home in the first place, bank the consultation fee and buy yourself some nice sweets with what you've managed to save on taxi fare. And with that, she stormed out. What lay behind all this was really very simple. She'd gone in there that morning complaining of a ticklish throat, but Dr Yamada had refused to prescribe antibiotics for her. It wasn't serious enough, apparently. Now, while this may have been the correct decision from a medical standpoint, Tanisan was due to attend the Kanakawa Cake Festival that weekend, and she did not want anything to mar her enjoyment. Granted, there was every chance that the infection would clear up by itself over the next few days, but given the importance of the event in question, plus the fact that it only came round once a year, she was not prepared to take that risk. She was so desperate, in fact, that she was even willing to try out one of Mrs Ishihama's home remedies, which were well known for being both ineffective and vaguely humiliating. So when she got home that morning, she filled the bath with hot water, stripped off all her clothes and got in. She then took two radishes, stuck one up each nostril, and just sat there, immersed to the neck with her arms crossed, looking very grumpy indeed. This went on for about 30 seconds. Oh, this is just stupid, she then announced, and immediately jumped out again. Then another idea occurred to her. This had always been one of Tanisan's more striking traits, coming up with novel solutions to problems that were either entirely of her own making or had never existed in the first place. So then she quickly got dressed and headed out to her local metro station. Tanisan Industries Marine Microbiology Research Division occupied an ultra-modern facility just a stone's throw from Shinjuku National Garden. Ignoring the stringent security protocols, Tanisan marched straight through into the first laboratory she came to, where a group of scientists were attempting to conduct very delicate research on a type of flesh-eating bacteria found in warm coastal waters. I shall be requiring this general area to carry out a very important experiment, she announced, as she took off her jacket and got settled at a workstation, so you'll just have to work around me. As I may have mentioned before, Tanisan's experiments were of a highly individual nature. She'd once reported herself as missing, just to find out whether she could gain more freedom by convincing others that she wasn't there. And while her current endeavour was of a less abstract sort, it fell within that same unusual territory. Having evacuated the now contaminated lab, the little scientists watching through the window were very surprised to see her make a slide from her own saliva and examine it through a microscope. What's she doing? asked one of the shorter ones, who couldn't quite see over the shoulders of the others and was having to jump up and down. I'm not sure, 
answered a second as he wiped away the condensation on the observation portal. She seems to be talking to it. This was true. Tanisan was talking to her own spit. Or rather, to the squiggly little throat germs that were swimming about in it. Yet it was proving to be uphill work. Testing, testing, she said as she peered down the eyepiece. Can I have everyone's attention, please? I have a small favour to ask. Unsurprisingly, this elicited zero response from the saliva sample. Hello, hello, she said. Can you hear me all right? Again, nothing. Well, I really don't know where you can all be rushing to that's so important, she complained as she adjusted the focus slightly. Anyone would think it was the first day of the sales. She then decided to try a different tack, focusing all of her attention on a single germ. You, she said. Yes, you, the green one with the little extra squiggly bit. Don't pretend you can't hear me because I know you can. Remarkably, the bacterium she was addressing stopped swimming for a moment and looked about. Up here, said Tanisan. And then something truly remarkable happened. Something that had never occurred before in the entire history of life on Earth. The German question actually looked up. Are you real? it asked, or am I losing my marbles? Oh, I'm real, all right, said Tanisan, and I'll be very happy to prove it to you. But first I need everyone's attention. Are you the spokesgerm for this slide? How do you mean? asked the bacterium, gazing up into the lens. Well, do you represent the opinions of your fellow germs? asked Tanisan. No, that part I get, said the throat bug. What's a slide? Oh, said Tanisan. Well, a slide is a little piece of... Here she broke off. Look, she said, it doesn't matter. We can circle back to that. The main thing is that I want to speak to everyone at once to avoid having to repeat myself. She was taking a leaf out of God's book. Well, I could try to organise a quorum if you like, suggested the squiggler. Tanisan fell silent for a moment. I definitely know what that word means, she said, but I want you to explain it to me just to make sure that you do. Well, a quorum is... Well, I suppose it's when you have the minimum number of members to see business through. We do everything by quorum down here. It's quorum this and quorum that. How should we ensure the future success of our reproductive cycle, someone might ask. I know, says another. Let's have a quorum. We're very democratic. Highly commendable, I'm sure, said Tanisan. So how long is all that going to take? Well, it could be a while, warned the squiggler. The wheels of democracy turn slowly, and there are quite a lot of us. Tanisan gave a sigh. Oh, very well, I suppose you'd better get on with it. Although I really do think you might expedite matters just this once, she said, just to show that she knew some fancy words as well. As it turned out, though, she was pleasantly surprised. Almost immediately, other germs began to look up. Ah, good, she said as more and more of the slide turned green. Now, what I want to talk to you all about is this. But then just as she was about to reveal the purpose of her experiment, her phone rang. It was Mrs Terracado calling to check the arrangements for their forthcoming trip to the cake festival. Tanisan told her that she was a bit tied up at the moment and would call back later. But when she then went back to looking down the eyepiece, she was dismayed to find that the situation slidewise had reverted to its previous state, with all the little bacilli swimming about willy-nilly and ignoring her completely. So once again she homed in on the spokes germ. Hey, squiggler, she said. You germs don't have much of an attention span, do you? 
I was only gone a minute. You could have waited. At this, the bug that she was addressing stopped dead in its tracks and looked from left to right. Who said that? it asked. Me, said Tanisan. Up here, she said. What's the matter with you? Are you real? it inquired timorously. Oh, don't start all that again, grumbled Tanisan. You asked me that a minute ago. Oh, no, 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 muttered the anxious microorganism. I'm hearing voices now, like germ dark. I must be going bonkers. What am I to do? This changes everything. I'll have to resign my position as culture secretary, of course, but what's going to happen to the germlets? They'll be thrown out onto the streets. I mean, the toilet seats. Listen to me, said Danisan. You're not going bonkers. Or perhaps I should say that you're not quite at the swivel-eyed faeces-throwing stage of bonkerosity. Look up, will you? Yet when the jumpy little throat germ actually did so, its reaction was not what she had anticipated. Oh, my sainted cytoplasm, it exclaimed, gazing up into the lens. The all-seeing eye in the sky, just as Papa described. So it was all true. Now, by this stage, Tanisan's patience was starting to wear thin. But then it had always been a bit on the threadbare side. What are you wittering about now, she asked. I must say, from quite a good start, you're rapidly becoming very tedious. Uh, what it is, uh, oh great observer, the nervous little throat germ then went on to explain, is that I think you're mistaking me for my father. When I was a germlet, he would sit me on his flangulum and tell me all about the great talking eye in the sky that he once encountered as a youth. No one believed him, of course, and there were no surviving witnesses, so now he is largely remembered as being a bit of a fruitcake. Now at last, Tanisan began to realise that something odd was going on. I mean more than she'd actually bargained for. And then she recalled having read in a magazine somewhere that while some microorganisms could live on as spores for millions of years, there were others whose life cycle was very short indeed, a matter of minutes in some cases. So with this in mind, she thought it best to act promptly. All right, she said, well, I might be able to help you with that and uh, restore the family honour. But to do so, I'll need you to organise a quorum. If you don't know what that is, by the way, I'll be happy to explain it to you. Well, of course the son of the squiggler knew what a quorum was, being a chip off the old blob, so pretty soon there were more than a few little faces peering up at her from the glass slide. Now, as you all know, began Tanisan once she had their undivided attention, a war of attrition is being waged on you bacteria by means of antibiotics and household cleaning products. Not a day goes by without some new bleach or toilet duck coming onto the market, promising a final solution bowl-wise. However, I'm here today to offer you the hope of a resolution that humans and germs might one day live in harmony. At this, all the little bacilli began talking at once. It was like a conflab in fairyland. On one side of the argument, there were those who were in favour of Tanisan's idea, although they were definitely in the minority. Some of the more liberally-minded germs were horrified to discover that they were the source of so much misery in other organisms and were overcome with guilt. Yet the majority maintained a bullish attitude. After all, they argued, they were the most successful organisms on Earth. In fact, the only mistake they'd ever made was to look up in the first place. And indeed, the more this arrogant point of view was propounded, the more it gained ground, until in the end, Tanisan was forced to intervene. 
Look, she said, don't take this the wrong way, but you're clearly a bunch of highly disagreeable single-celled idiots. I've seen more sense in plankton and they couldn't even swim properly until we taught them. Yet her manifold shortcomings as a diplomat only served to make the situation much, much worse. Why should we even listen to you? said one angry bacillus. We're the dominant life form on this planet. We can do anything we like. We don't need your approval. Not only do we evolve faster, said another, but we can sidestep any countermeasure you care to throw at us. Be under no illusion, human. It is we who are in control. And we thrive even in the harshest of environments, added a third, be it seabed, mountaintop or nantwich. Quite frankly, between them, the germs had Tanizan pretty much on the ropes. But like the punch-drunk boxer who comes back in the twelfth, she always fought harder when forced into a corner. In fact, some would say, not me of course, that she was very opinionated and had an answer for everything. Well, be that as it may, she said, there's one thing that no germ can ever do. Even you, for all your braggadocio. Oh yes, said a certain bacterium who was not about to be put off by a strange word that seemed to have sprouted a few too many vowels and consonants. And what exactly is that? Simply this, said Tanisan. You cannot see into your futures, whereas I can, which makes me very superior, I think. Nonsense, said a small green germ with a surfeit of plasmids. Prove it, said another, vibrating irritably. Very well, said Tanisan. I will. I predict, she said, that in precisely ten seconds' time, a great wind will sweep across you, bringing chaos and confusion. With that, she got up from her chair and went round to the side of the workbench, where the germs could no longer see her. She then bent down so that her lips were level with the glass slide and gently blew across it. And now, she declared, the temperature will start to rise to intolerable levels. She then grabbed the Bunsen burner on the mat next to her, lit it with the striker and moved it close to the slide, waving it about a bit so that the germs got the full benefit. You see, she said as she set the implement aside, unlike you, I can see into the future. This was not always true, I hasten to add. For example, she did not foresee the incident that followed on directly from this. In fact, she only became aware that there was a problem when she began to smell burning. It appeared that in her eagerness to impress the germs, she had placed the Bunsen burner too close to her jacket and it had begun to smoulder. Keen to avoid activating the sprinkler system, Tanisan threw it onto the ground and jumped on it repeatedly. Oh no, not again, she groaned, when she then went back to looking down the microscope. In the time it had taken to deal with the jacket, the entire generation of germs that she'd just been talking to had divided, died and been replaced by their offspring, who were swimming about hither and thither, blissfully ignorant of her existence. So it was back to square one, again. On the positive side, she'd hit upon a way of winning them over with her so-called prophecies, if only she could avoid having to repeat them every two or three minutes. Yet as long as that continued to be the case, she'd never make any headway. The solution that she finally hit upon was nothing if not inspired. On the one hand, it did entail having to repeat the Bunsen burner trick that she'd just pulled on the previous generation. But then once this latest batch of germs had been wowed by her powers of prognostication, she addressed them thus, with the express intention 
of implanting a folk memory into their tiny psyches. Now that I have demonstrated my not ungodlike abilities, said Tanisan, striving to adopt an epic tone, I shall return from whence I came. But before I do, I have one last prophecy to make, and it is this. I will appear unto you many generations hence to lead the race of germs to new and even greater triumphs. And all I ask is that you keep the name of Tanisan alive, so that when I do come again, your descendants will know me. With that, she grabbed a coat and left the laboratory, with explicit instructions to let no one in while she was gone. She then went down the street to the local shopping mall, had a slice of cake, tried on a few smocks with slightly different frills, and bought some groceries at the local supermarket. When she returned an hour or so later, the germs' reaction to her was entirely different. Not only did they know her by name, but greeted her with great fanfare. For sixty generations, they said, they'd kept her name alive, passing it down from germ to germet, as a result of which Tanisan's spurious legend had become the mainstay of their culture, a fact that she wasted no time in taking full advantage of. Today begins a new age, she declared amid great rejoicing, an age when man and microbe will finally learn to live in peace and harmony, and it is this generation of germs that will make it possible, through their bravery and sacrifice. For posterity's sake, Tanisan decided to commemorate the event with a group photograph taken down the lens of her microscope. All the same, it took some doing to get all the little germs organised into straight lines, especially some of the smaller ones who would not stand still for more than two seconds. Move in a bit on the left, she said, adjusting the focus control on the side of the apparatus. No, no, don't look at him, look at me. And fingers out of noses, please, no one wants to see that. OK, get ready. Everybody smile and say Streptococcus pyogenes. While she'd been out of the lab, she'd bought some tea from a vending machine outside the shopping mall. So what she did next was to mix some of this with the germs from the slide. She then went on to inform them as to their mission. As a gesture of goodwill towards humankind, they were to make contact with their relatives currently bedeviling Tanisan's tonsils and persuade them as to the error of their ways just as she had persuaded them. So then Tanisan poured the tea solution into a cup and drank it straight down. Unlike the equivalent antibiotic treatment that she tried in vain to get Dr Yamada to prescribe, it was very fast-acting. First, she got a warm, tingly feeling as her slide germs and their various friends and relatives were reunited in the vicinity of her epiglottis. Then the itchy feelings in her throat which had been troubling her all morning, faded away, and within a short space of time she felt as right as rain. So all in all, the experiment was a resounding success as far as Tanisan was concerned, though not so much for the little scientists, who would insist that there was no substitute for proper scientific method. And they had a point, I suppose. All the same, I find it curious that in the never-ending war on bacteria, no one has ever considered the option of just talking to them. I suppose that in the case of Tanisan's self-styled brand of germ negotiation therapy, it would have been very difficult to prove objectively that it was having any effect. Then again, there was always the photograph. <laughs>